What's going on, guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and a new sponsor that we're going to announce later, midway through the show. But in the meantime, it is a 4-1 victory over South Georgia Tormenta. This is your host, Elliot Barr. Shanir Duran. And it is a glorious day. Like I said, it's 4-1. Woo! And not just 4-1, a fantastic 4-1. Besides the first five minutes. Yeah, the first five minutes was a little... Oh, hard trash. <laughs> hard trash. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. So I was at home watching the game, and I literally, like, as soon as I saw the goal going, I was like, yeah, nope, not watching this. <laughs> and then I went back to watching it. I'm a creature of havoc, I like to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, quick, interesting fact... This is the first time Richmond has scored four goals in league play. Not U.S. Open Cup play, but in league play since August 1st, 2015 against Harrisonburg Islanders, who are no longer playing. Yeah, no longer a club. That's four years ago yeah. and some days. That's a long time. That's, a, that's, that's yeah. That's, that's four years time. and a month ago. Yeah. Practically. But let's start off, man. First and foremost, what was going on in the first five minutes? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, so it started off a kickoff. <laughs> it started off with a back four of, I think, Ivan, Shinovsky, Akwe, and Lockerbie. And I was like, all right, maybe we're going, maybe people starting to 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Like, and the next thing we know, as kickoff, soon as the ball gets kicked off, like, literally, as soon as the ref blows a whistle, Lockerbie just goes on to Hussein Bolt up the field. Oh, yeah. Lockerbie <laughs> was like, defense? What's this? I'm about to go play winger. <laughs> and we, it looked all over the place. Like, if it wasn't for a curious peaky toe, South Georgia would have scored in two minutes. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how Akira saw it. I don't yeah, care. He saw, he I saved. know he saw it late. Oh, I yeah. I know he saw that. It was a late. total foot save. It was a Dominic Hay type save. Yeah. Like he got to it. Um, this still kind of has been on Achilles Hill all season is set pieces mm-hmm. and clearing them out. Yeah. I would say this. We've got better at the first initial ball coming in. Yeah. The part about us clearing it out is still something we still struggle with. Yeah. You know. But, you know, once that first... we I mean, things have gotten better with the set pieces with the kickers. I mean, there were a couple of set pieces, corner kicks, free kicks that Tormenta did have where we were able to clear our lines and yeah. get the ball out of there. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. But, defensively, I, I can't say we were solid because after the first five minutes... It's like Tormenta lost their teeth. They no, just... no, 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 no. I can tell you the moment Tormenta lost his <laughs> teeth. It's when Joey G decided he wanted he wanted to evolve like a Pokemon, and because Seth G, um, Joey G Curry could take half court shots, that's the moment Seth Jordan was like, "All right, y'all be blessed. We'll holler at y'all. We'll holler at y'all." Next no, but time. even before then, there were very few times where. The back line had pressure on them. I feel like Tormenta, they were kind of playing... They they didn't press high. 
They didn't. They allowed our back line to get control of the ball, and they kind of sat deep and then got the ball and tried to work their way up. Well, I would say this, and that's that's very true. I would say what happened was the first eight minutes, I felt like Tormenta, they've been in a bad run of form. Oh, yeah. Like, bad. They yeah. have, I think. Their last game. With this they, game included, they have lost their last five. Yeah. And I think outside of that, I think they've been in a worse And form. if you think about it, their last two games, they've conceded nine goals. Yeah. Between us and North Texas. That's very I mean, Richmond-esque, Tormenta. That was us in June. Yeah. Well, no, because we we were never losing five to nothing. Uh, even even when we lost to North Texas, what was it three one? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah no. Three zero. We haven't scored against three zero. Yeah. But even still, like, oh my god, if Richmond ever gave a five in a game, it is not against an MLS team. I think I don't think I'm recording that week. Mm. Uh, no. Yeah. I don't think I'm recording. Um. So, really, this is how South Georgia's been since July 6. They have lost. They have lost six, drawn four, won one game, and that was against Orlando City B. And we know. When when did they beat Orlando City B? When? That was July 24th. July 24th. Yeah, Orlando City B had already checked out by then. Yeah. Um, and so that's. Uh, yeah. But. Let's talk about the first goal. Dennis Chan's first goal came off of a darn near rugby scrum. Yeah. And <laughs> rugby scrum at the top of the 18. Um, the ball's all over the place. And it's really Greg being kind of just, he really just kicks the ball. For, he, yeah, he, just, he literally was playing kickball. Yeah, he just put a toe on it to get it out of that mess. Yeah. But going forward. He's playing kickball. That's what he was doing. And yeah, he, I mean, he he. Just, I I think at this point, when you especially when the ball's scrambling around like that, you just want to. I don't care if it ends up at the foot of a defender. We need to get the ball out of this mess. Yeah, and that's what Greg Bain just let's get this yeah. out of here and let's and then, try again. You just you can describe it so beautifully. I mean, Chin. <laughs> most the thing is, a lot of people I can I can. Imagine a lot of people with that ball coming to them because Chin was just in, a, in the perfect position. Yeah. The ball coming to them would try and take a touch, push it out. So that's already two touches. By now, the defender's on you. The ball coming to him as quickly as the ball was coming to him. I mean, because because Greg Bean didn't hospital pass that one. It no. was it was coming at him at pace. No, he didn't. And. For him to quickly, with quick feet, move his body out of the way to allow the ball to come across his body to just hit it first time. I mean, it was smart. It was well done. And I mean, everything about how Chin took that shot should scream, this is not going to go. <laughs> like, darn their offsides, leaning back, leaning to the side, shooting near post, keeper, leaning near post. But and it he goes hit it. in. He just hammered he, it. He did. He hammered he it. He did. Even though the goalie was near post, it, there was no unless Chin had kicked the ball directly at him, there was no saving it. Yeah. From the range he was at. So right now we're already tied. It is like all right. You can see after the fifth minute mark that every Richmond fan even was just like, "Yo, what is going on?" It seemed like after Chin scored, it seemed like Richmond kind of just was like, "All right, now we get our game plan going, and now we take the time and." I would say Richmond did a good job of even League One Fun would even tell you like possession is a trash stat. 
Mm-hmm. It's all about what you do with that possession. Exactly. And I believe Richmond did an excellent job with the possession that we had. We got into dangerous areas, but we never allowed pressure to build up in our own half, which has been a problem of Richmond. Yeah. Because the midfield, and not saying that our midfield is poor, but I think our midfield was too stretched out over the field. Oh, yes. That over. it was never like... Uh, like there was never a game. cluster of players that could work yeah. the ball around and each you other. You see, in this game, it seemed like to be a cluster. It seemed like you had Bolduc, Gallardo, Beam, Troyer, Lockerbie, all kind of shifting and rotating in that midfield. So it's not like everyone was working off the ball. Yeah. With yeah. It's the purpose of what you're supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. And then we talk about my man, Joey Curry. <laughs> oh, that's his name from now on. Joey Curry? Oh, yeah, his name is Derek. Joey, Joey G. Curry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He pulled up. Pulled up from three. Like, I mean, but before before we go into to, um, Gallardo's goal, I do feel that, I mean, when I was watching the game, yes, the first, like, two, three minutes was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? But we did also have chances at the other end. I mean, there was one situation. The ball gets slipped through the chin. And Chin is running onto it, gets the ball. Gallardo's making an overlapping run. And he goes to make the flip to get it onto Gallardo. Yeah. It gets blocked, and he actually gets stepped on, ref. Because um, you, saw, you saw Chin pull up and literally hold his, hold his foot. Um, and and that, that opportunity is blocked. We've got to put Gallardo in bubble wrap. Um, yeah, tell me about it, because yeah. I know after, especially after that, after, <laughs> after this game, we need to put him in bubble wrap. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're gonna be coming for his neck. <laughs> he definitely is. Um, the second goal, man. Like, if there's a play to ever describe Gariardo, I want to say is this one, because what he initially started to play right. Yeah, like, get the ball back, won it, and then. I'm not going to lie, like, the presence of mind, and that's so cliche to say. But for him just to be, like, it's almost like Wayne Rooney-esque. Yeah. Like, he just, like, oh, I'm just going to shoot it. Yeah. And it's not like it, and not like it dinged off the crossbar, the goalkeeper got a hand to it and tipped it. No, it went, like, bottom net, like, yeah, all it, of that. It hit swoosh. the side netting just. <laughs> and that's when you could tell South Georgia was just, like, yeah. This ain't our night. <laughs> I mean, well, there there are a lot of things wrong with that situation. I don't feel the goalkeeper is to blame in this situation. Because from where Gallardo got the ball and with the players that were around him, a goalkeeper shouldn't have to sprint back to his line from there. No. Because think- there were there was a defensive presence enough around Gallardo to to discourage him from shooting, but nobody stepped. Yeah, and I think so. It's nobody stepped. So he, the goal, he's thinking, okay, they got the ball. Now they're coming forward. Mm-hmm. All right, let me back up to my line because he's yeah. up near the eighteen because the ball is with Tormenta in our half. Yeah. So now Gallardo is pushing forward with the ball, and nobody steps to him. So Gallardo says, "Goalie's out of his box. No defenders coming to get me." Okay, yeah. and he just goes for it. I mean, it's like Mark Jackson says, "Man, hand down, man down," and the defense was just. The de- Honestly, I think the defense was just like, because the kind of player that Joey G is, they were probably thinking he's going to try to take us on, so we'll just hold the but imaginary. He's, take, he's taken shots from far out before. He had his last goal before today 
was a long range shot yeah. that hit bottom left corner. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, just, I'm saying like as the defense, you're thinking like, all right, like nine times out of ten, with a player's in that position, how many times have you seen a player try to take on one, two, three, four players? The player gets dispossessed. And now we got possession. So that's what probably South Georgia was probably thinking. Like, so they sit off him. Yeah, they him sit off, wait for him to make the mistake, and then we clear it up. A lot of goalkeeper to get back, not knowing that Joey G is seeing like, oh, he's off his line. I'm taking his chance. Yep. And it it lined up perfectly. Like it happened. Yeah. There was nothing the goalkeeper do. I do think the defense of South Georgia. I think if they have another shot to play, I think one of them steps to Joey G and they try to push him more to his left and not give him. You know, just the center of the pitch. Exactly. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Um, the third goal, you talk about Crimson Chin. <sighs> Crimson Man, Chin. It, Crimson Chin. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was kind of surprised that Chin had the wheels that he had because I wasn't expecting it. Like, he kind of had some wheels on him. And this this ball, who got this? Was it Bulldog? I think it was Bulldog. Yes. yes, it was Bodog. Bodog makes what the most intelligent pass in the world. Pretty much just plays it over the top, gives it to Chin, and Chin one foots it. Yeah, from from outside the eighteen yeah. over touch, near the goal. Near the line. Like he's literally in the far left top corner of the eighteen, and just he says, "All right, they're gonna try and close me down. Let me hit this," and he hit it. Yeah. Oh, he hit it. Oh, he, oh yeah, he. <laughs> I'm sorry, yo. I don't wait. Out of all three goals, all, all four goals, so I don't think Jar had a chance to save any of them. No, like, no, no, none of them like, were saveable for him. I don't think I Jar mean, had a chance. I mean, for this goal, the third goal, Tin literally is playing off the back shoulder of a center back, mm-hmm. and being a center back, that is one of the most frustrating things ever because it's like I can't. I can't push up. I can push up. But it's I know not, this striker is always going to be tailing behind me. I mean, it's not just that. Because one thing, when I first saw Chin's second goal, I I backed it up. I backed it up to about almost a minute before. Because you notice that Chin just... He's the striker, but he pops up everywhere. Oh, yeah, he does. And that's what makes him so hard to mark for those center backs. Because... Literally, in that sequence of play, because the, the kickers had the ball for a little while before yeah. they got the ball out to Chin. So, it was it was possession. Chin is literally in our own half, just past the center circle. Like, he's, he's just past the center circle. He receives the ball with his back to goal, tries to take a touch forward, thinks better of it, goes back and dishes it off. And the ball gets moved around. Chin is out of camera. And then when he, you show up again, he's all the way up on the left side. Yeah. And it's it's I mean defensively that's that's a nightmare to deal with. And so yeah. now you've got this guy who's running all over the field and who can finish like that. Like honestly, man, it was I mean also like full credit to Bodu who showed that why he is the puppeteer of this team. Like, he is. He has yeah. what? I think he's second in or tied for second in the league in assists. Yep, with six. Um and he showed why he's the puppeteer because he literally puts this in the only spot. Like, if this ball is, I want to say, another ten feet ahead of ten, that ball's going out of bounds. Yeah. So it's literally like he's throwing. It's like in football 
when you throw a back fade to someone in the end zone. Like, it's either going to chin or it's going out of bounds. Like, yeah. he doesn't put it in a position where the defense can easily intercept it. The goalkeeper can run up on it. He literally puts it in the one spot that chin can get to. Chin takes it with one foot. Goal up 3-1, 36 minute. Oh, <coughs> When that third goal went in, I my jaw dropped. I was like, wait a minute. So you know I had reminiscences of Tor- of Toronto. Yeah. Of 2 nothing. I'm like, all right, please. For the I don't God, know. Don't if, I fall. did it. I did it. You know why? Because it, it was just, like you said, after Gallardo's second goal, they completely lost their venom. Tormenta completely lost their venom. Tormenta was in damage control mode because... Two goals in that short span of time, they're getting flashbacks of North Texas. Oh, yeah. They're getting flashbacks of North Texas, and they're just in damage control mode. House is on fire. Go get the water. Like, you could just see, like, and I mean, we still have the other Joey G goal to talk about. The one that proves to me that he is, he bought that life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just shows you, like, this game, soccer is a game all about momentum. Yeah. And it's about how you are playing in the moment. You take this out Georgia team at the beginning part of June, everyone had them as a darn lock-in for the playoffs. Yeah, they were pro- they, they had were, them North Texas as, was one, yeah. one and two. Yep. And, and they weren't too far off North Texas. No, too. they won't. And then Richmond at the same moment, we you would have had us at bottom of the league. Or second to last. Yeah. Because of a And now, it's like, now granted, we are now, what, eighth because North Texas beat Toronto. But you can tell, like, the form is much different. Like, yeah. it's just. And I was looking at the stats, and I'm just wondering, like, how much of South Georgia not having Lucas Coutinho, who was kind of, you want to say, like, the maestro of that midfield has changed, has changed that team up. I mean, it has. But it's but almost you like have the to look of losing, like, like say if Richmond loses Joey G, we know that is arguably one third of our offense gone. That's true, but we wouldn't be conceding five nil. And Tormenta was not conceding goals at the beginning of the season. They were barely conceding goals at the beginning of the season. So, yeah. so there's something else because it's one thing to have an attacking player out of the picture. It's like, for example, you were to take. Um, the 2014, was it? Yeah, the 2014 World Cup. Mm-hmm. When Brazil lost Neymar and Thiago Silva right before the Germany game. A lot of people chalking it up as, you know, Neymar doesn't have... the. It, you don't have Neymar, so now you don't have an attacking threat. But... It's Tiago Silva's. No, nah, you're thinking about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's Tiago yeah. Silva's absence that allowed Germany to demolish Brazil the way they did. Now, um, now imagine Tiago Silva still playing. Tiago Silva's not injured. He's still in. He's still the leader of that back line. Germany is probably still winning, but it's probably two to one. Yeah. Probably two to one, maybe three to one, because yeah, Germany think, was really on form in that World Cup. I'm trying to think of anyone of South Georgia that's I, I, their defensive line hasn't really changed much, and yeah, if their man. defensive line hasn't changed much. The rest of the team hasn't really changed much apart from that one crucial player injury. 
you're thinking to yourself, what happened mentally to the team? Honestly, I would say this, and I think it's I think South Georgia will look back at this season as like a season of started off truly very hot and then tailed off because this team's probably not used to playing this number of games with this number of travel. Because remember, they were in what the PDL last year. So they're playing 12, 14 games. That's true. 15 games max. Yeah. And now you're like, all right, here's 28. Not only did you got to travel to Lansing, Ford, Orlando, North Texas, Tucson, here's mm-hmm. another 28 games you got to play. Yeah. So maybe now it's just like they're hitting that exhaust point where it's just like they're just tailing off. And it's they're like, tailing off. They're done. You know, and yeah. then on top of that, you put losing Lucas Coutinho, who's the maestro of your midfield. It doesn't work. But... Past halftime, I mean, we, we tweeted out there. It was just like everything outside of the first five minutes looked good for Richmond. It's our best half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, goals out there. But then the thing is, is like keep the pressure up. And that, and that, but that's the thing. I think this was a very, very brilliant piece of game management by Bulo. Oh, yeah, this is his he, best game management. At second half come in. A lot of teams would be like, all right, we're 3-1 up. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And then the legs would run out. And then halfway through the second half, now you're sit- literally just bunkering in because Tormenta are okay, just so let me firing, ask you this. firing How firing. do you feel? All right. For me, the second half, I felt like the kicker sat back. And I felt like <sighs> because they sat back. You know why? Because you're coming in the second half and you want your players to continue to rest. So now you sit back, you play more defensive, you get possession of the ball now, you try and slowly work your way up, you don't take any risks. When we're defending, we sit back, let them have the ball in their own half, their back line have the ball if they want it, we're not going to press. And then, later on in the half, when their legs are completely tired, because now they can't afford to do that because they're down 3-1. They have to come at us. They have to wear their energy down. So now, now we can come back forward and get back into the game. And that's what happened later on. I mean, even before Joey G's fourth, the, the fourth goal, we you could start to see Richmond starting to move up the field a little more. There was a lot less going on in, in our back line because the ball was a lot further up. We were moving the ball around their half, and that's what led to, to Joey G's goal, to be honest with you. Because Joey G was... So now, if we describe the goal... What, his fourth goal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we the ball gets pinged around... If there's ever an I example think... of someone getting crossed up multiple times, it's Joji. Oh. Like, um, he, he, I gotta he say. He cooked six defenders in one play. Like, <laughs> I would say this. And there's been a lot of talk about Joji and Richard's offensive struggle. So, real quick, here's some stats. Um, Joji is number one in the team in shots, chances created, with 41 shots and 28 chances created. He only has one assist. Yeah. Bulldog has six assists and he has uh, 15 chances created. Was the no. second most of the team. And then yeah. Chen has 16 shots with the second most of the team. So, like we said before, a lot of the offense go through Gallardo. He's initiated a lot of offense. And he's the attacking mid that's not like, like we described last week, he's not like Kraft, where Kraft is the one that will have the high assist numbers. He's yeah. like Puppet Chen, like, or like Bulldog. Who's sitting there to assist everyone? Yeah. Gallardo is like literally the job is score. Yeah, run that's at them. Hit. Run score. at them. Run and at that's, them. That's I would say is the positive and negative to Joey G because like who's going to lose the streak? 
since all the offense go through George E, teams know hone in on him. And I think that's what that's was what was behind the acquisition of Kraft. Yeah. Because and, now you have that element. Like in this well, game, and also in this game you, you want you yeah. want Joey G. Yeah. You want Joey G. You want him running at them. Yeah. Because now they're like, oh crap. We're down 3-1. We're tired. We tried and tried and tried, and we still weren't able to score another goal, and now we've got this guy running at us. Yeah. You wouldn't want Kraft in that situation. You would you would want him in a situation earlier in the game, maybe, or in a different game against a team that has a more level head or whatever, mm-hmm. to draw some attention, then find the open man. Yeah. And then also, with Bo Duque, it kind of frees up Joey G, because now you allow Joey G to do what he does best. Exactly. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it shows the positives and the negatives. Like, this play highlights the positives of Joey G. Yes. I mean, like, he's the he has the ability to take a player, not one, six players on one-on-one. And also, I want to highlight on this play, for those, go back and watch it. Look at Dennis Chen and see how he goes from, like, I'm about to fight Joey G for not passing me this ball and I made this run. So like, oh snap, he scored. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a typical striker reaction. <laughs> yes. It's the opposite of what Salah and Mane went through this week, where Salah didn't pass to Mane and Mane was ready to fight Salah. Yeah. Like that that's the opposite of what happened. Yeah, that's like <laughs> why didn't you Oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I see what you did there, boy. I see what you did there. Like But I mean the goal lead, the what led up to the goal is the switch. Is that yeah. switch, like a couple minutes, a few minutes, or I'd say probably about five or six minutes before that goal, the switch from sit back, conserve our energy, play defensive, to all right, now let's move forward and get in their face again. Because this ball gets pinged around, players passing the ball around, I think Tom, no, not Thompson, Bolduc, uh, Bame, and Gallardo are up on the left side of, uh, Tormenta's half yeah. and they're moving the ball around finally Tormenta gets a toe in clears the ball Ivan literally with his first touch just sends it right back in right back into that area so it's basically saying no 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 that ball's going to stay there the right back for Tormenta heads the ball try, try and get it back out and Beam just gets in the way gets in the way gets his head in the way and literally nods the ball down right at Joey G's feet now Joey G's all the way out near the sideline and turns around, and there's acres of space. But this is this is the thing. With us pressing this high, there are like seven or eight Tormenta players near the edge of the 18. And you know the worst thing is for a defender? Running backwards towards your goal because you don't know where you're going. Exactly. And a lot I mean, of there, there's there. that, but also this shows that we were pressing so high that they had to have seven or eight guys that that far back. Yeah. So they literally had two, only two guys up. They had eight men behind the ball. So now Joey G runs in and with some brilliance just takes on six of those guys. Goes through. The last guy gets megged. Filthy. <laughs> and, and then Joey G just roots the ball. Put the ball I'm not right gonna lie in. I felt so bad for that defender dog. Because oh. not only did you initially. Let Georgie run across your face. You backed up. And Georgie makes you. Nothing makes you. Runs around you and scores. And at that moment, you got to fight him. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, At that moment, you you have. At that moment, you look over over to your bench and you be like, 
Coach is about to take me off, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you, you already know you run the sprints next week. Yep. You know you run the sprints. Um, so, the bad part about this, I didn't even see to go live. Yeah. Because I cut the game off because me and Electra were getting ready to go out somewhere. And I was like, all right, it's 10 minutes left. We're up 3-1. I doubt Richmond can blow it in 10 minutes. But I was. It's, it's like, but if they do, I would rather not see it. Yeah, I'd rather not see it. <laughs> And then I get an alert, Richmond scores 4-1. And I'm like, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I go see the goal. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Joey G pretty much, if there's any way how to break your duck of not scoring. With since, two goals like this. When is the last time she scored? I want to oh. say maybe June? Yeah. He scored in June. I think he scored I on the last league. goal before that drought. Let's I see. I think. This is like, we normally don't do this before the show, but since that goal was so good, um, since Georgie plays so well in this game, let's see. When is the last time he scored Georgie? Let's see. Uh, when is the last time he scored? Don't tell me it was that long ago. I know it cannot have been that long ago. It was Chattanooga um, in when, April. In April. Wow. Chattanooga in April, and you come back, you break your goal drought with a Could performance like this. I mean, that that just goes... No, I take sh- that back. Oh. FC Tucson, May 11th, I believe. Yeah. May 11th. That's still a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah. And when you come back from that goal drought with a performance like this, that is quite impressive. Yeah. Quite impressive. I mean, and the... The one thing that uh, that is going to be, I feel a lot of people may downplay is the confidence. When you haven't scored in that long, for you to go, for, especially his first goal, for you to go for a shot like that, take a no, shot like not that. Even, not even the confidence, but the sheer, like, the off-the-cross shot against Florida Madison, the missed pin against Toronto FC, the open chance goal he missed against Florida. Yeah. The other goal, I think he had another open chance goal he missed against Orlando. Uh huh. You talk about four big opportunities where it's that, like you know the offense run through you. And you completely snuffed it? Yeah. But then for you to have the confidence and the 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 self belief to take on a shot like that from half court. From the, literally and then have another one where you dribble through six players. And roof it. Also, you hear Chen cussing you out, so you know you got to score. Yeah. <laughs> and you make it, it's like, you got to be on cloud nine, man. You oh got to be on cloud nine. And right that, now, that's, that, show, that shows a testament to him as a player um, mentally to, to still stay switched on, to still stay focused, yeah. still stay confident, knowing what he's capable of doing. Most definitely. And, like, honestly, I know everyone on Twitter when we did the poll, like, who's the man of the match? Everyone voted Joey G. I think, like, a couple of people voted for Chen. Honestly, man, I mean, outside of, you know, Gariano scoring those two wonder goals, I got to give it to Bolduc, man. Bolduc was... Like, I got to give it to... Again, him. like you said, the puppeteer. He was in control of everything going forward. He, he was, he, Everything going forward, he had to do... He had something to do with it. Yeah, so, like, he had what? Let's see. He had one shot on target when they got blocked, but, I mean... Most of his possessions in the um, opponent's half. He had, what, four long balls, three of them that were accurate, two key passes. 
I mean, he, what, dribbled six times, successful on five of them. Mm. Was fouled the most in this game, so you know they were, like, coming after him. Had two interceptions, and most importantly, he had one assist. That makes him now, what, tied for second in USL League 1 with six. Can't get no better than that, man. Yeah. You can't. Like, you can't. I mean, the, at, at this point, I ain't gonna lie. Like, Nate, um, Nate by Northwest, our friend on Twitter, he called out at the beginning of the year. He was like, Richmond struggles really came from that time period where Bodick was hurt. Yeah. And since Bodick been healthy, it's been a different It's been a different, different game. tempo, A man. different game completely. But another thing we also need to take into consideration here is that Bolduc is no longer with the changes that that um Bulo has made and the tweaks and what he's done in training with those bo- with those guys Bolduc is no longer the only weapon in the midfield. I mean, well, he's no longer see, or he's no longer I think well, he's Bolduc, no longer the only person who has the potential to be a puppeteer. Yeah, he's no longer doing it by himself, which exactly. is Exactly. If you go look at this formation, it was a 4-1-3-2, but you saw different elements of it. Like we said, at the beginning of the game, it was a three in the back. But now, when Ricky goes up to three goals, it's a four in the back, but Troy is dropping in to be like the center back in the middle. Yeah. And then when we're in defense, Bolduc and Beam see like they dropped in to kind of help out the midfield solidify. Yeah. And But Gallardo and Chen were always pushed up. To put pressure on the center backs. So it was always pressure somewhere. There was always a availability for someone to be somewhere. And also, when did Akwe stop playing left back? Like, I never knew Akwe had this in his locker to play left back. Yeah. So that's impressive to see. That was that was nice um, to see. To basically see players show their versatility in yeah. this game. Um. Granted, you know, you have Ivan at left back. And Ivan, ever since he's been gone, going from center back to left back or as a left center back in a back three, he has turned it up. Yes. And he's done very well uh, playing that position. But to know that if anything goes wrong, Akwe can fill that spot and do it well. Yes. And that's probably been like... It gives you that sense of calm, that sense of confidence that regardless of what happens, we've got certain positions covered. I do think next year, and we're going to talk about that again, but I think next year, I think one thing is going to do is looking at the strength and the defense of it and not like bringing better defensive players, but I think bringing in more depth because we are thin back there. We are very thin. And that showcase in the fourth <laughs> game when Akwe was out and it was kind of just like, all right, we've been rolling with this three in the back. Now we, have, we were forced to play four. four yeah, we were forced to play You know, because four. we only have two center backs. Yeah. And I think... You know, you're going to need depth in the defensive spot. Definitely. You're going to need at least four center backs or, you know, five center backs back there. Yeah. Um, but you ready to talk about our new uh, sponsor? Yeah. So, we hinted at it on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and whatnot. By the way, follow us on Instagram. We just got one, River City 93 I need y'all to like. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> We are now being sponsored by For the Culture United. Um, they're based out of Atlanta. Pretty much they promote everything that is black culture in soccer. Um, they are producing our t-shirts for us. They're coming up on September 14th. 
So we have to be somewhat on our best behavior. Not really. We'll probably be, you know, having fun and trying to beat forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for... Red Army's, gonna, Red Army's going to get real loud that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be all um, For the culture, the link is down below in the description below. Um, you can go check out the t-shirts. There are three different t-shirts. We have a white one, we have a red one, and we have a black one. Um, if you buy a t-shirt, take a picture of it and send it to us so we can shout you out for being a great loyal supporter of the podcast. Yeah. So, we just wanted to put that out there. But... Next week, we play in the health insurance derby. I refuse to call it the Boston Cross Cup. Mm-hmm. That health insurance derby. We're pretty much playing for health With insurance. Greenville yeah. Triumph. Pretty much winner takes all. Um, so, all right, let me ask you. How do you feel about, like, league, like, mandated derbies? I wouldn't say league I mean, mandated, but with, like with within reason, I'm okay with them. But when you start, when you start pushing for almost every other game is a derby for of some sorts, it takes away from the importance of a derby. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times a derby is important for one reason because the fans think it's important. Yeah. Now, if you create a derby that everyone's like, wait, what? That, you created that a derby around health insurance. Then it's not a derby. <laughs> it's not a derby. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's not like, because I get the it. fans like, are like, okay, so what? <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. Like, there's a Barnes of Coors in Greenville. There's a Barnes of Coors in Richmond. There's a McDonald's in Richmond. There's a McDonald's in Greenville. Hey, sure. Are we going to do McDonald's derby? I mean. I don't think my heart can take that. The diabetes. But, you know, <laughs> so, um, but no, nah, like, I get why, like, it's cool. Um, apparently, I think, I don't know if we're playing for a trophy or not, but apparently what they said is that it's going to be done the with... The Bonsacore Cup? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, telling, I'm not calling it the Bonsacore It's called the Health Insurance Derby. Health Insurance Derby. Um, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> um, so pretty much both teams had three points because we beat Greenville... They beat us. The last game is played here. So, pretty much, if it isn't a draw, I think it's goal differential or however pretty much. I don't know. I mean, we can't do goal differential if all three of our draws. So, we need to win this one. So, someone or, yeah. I mean, I want us to win it because seven games left. Yeah, because we need to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Greenville does come into this game since uh, June 28th. They have won six, drawn three. Lost one. They are third in the table. I would say they have been on the best run of form outside of Lansing. Outside of Lansing, yeah. Um, but they, and they have the best defense statistically in League One. They've only given up 14 goals. They have only given up 14 goals. Um, like, one, the, the, like, the one thing that, that I do see is against... Um, Forward Madison, their last game. That I, I just think it's a bunch of bad luck for forward. Um, they lose the Greenville won one nothing, but Forward Madison had sixty one percent possession. I mean, they yeah, had I was talking about so many shots. They had their passing was a lot more. Um, most of their passing was more of their passing was in the opposing half uh, rather than their own half. Um, 
it, it, I don't know. I, I I just feel that this is this was one of those games that just went against Madison, just out of luck. I mean, I would say this: like outside of two games this year, Greenville pretty much leads USL in one nothing wins. Yeah, they are Chelsea back in the Mourinho days of one nil. That's it. Shut up shop. Yeah, like Basically. I mean, granted now, granted. In the last, what, five games, they have scored three against Toronto, four against North Texas, in North Texas. So this isn't a, a Greenville squad that's coming in slouching either. But to our benefit, kind of luck on our side, um, Dallas J, the goalkeeper for Greenville, and I uh, wrote down his name, Omar Mohammed. Mm-hmm. Both got called up to national duty, which is big ups to them. Like, congrats to them. Um, but they'll miss the game against us. And Dallas J has started, I believe, every game for Greenville. So, Greenville's going to have a brand new goalkeeper who has not, from my research, has not played any minutes for, in the league. Yeah. At all. Haven't, haven't played so, any minutes. Um, but, but, Gail, but, you, you're a bar? You're a bar, I believe. Mm-hmm. Someone can, you know, we'll try to figure out the pronunciation. I'm trying to say this. I think it's your bar. Um, but he has not played any league minutes so far this year. So Yeah, well, and with, with that being said, we have beat them already. Yeah. Yeah, they beat us once. We beat them once. Both games won nothing. Um, but we have taken points off of them. And because we have taken points off of them, um, we we have to keep that in our locker, especially after a game like this, where we just completely ran over Tormenta FC, who at one point was favorite favorite to end in second place by a long shot. Um, yeah, they went through a bad drought, but the way in which the kickers dominated this game, if we can keep that momentum up, I think we can take on Greenville. And beat them again. Mm-hmm. So, um, I will say this: it's going to be a short week. So, in between the next, so let me backtrack a little bit. There's seven games left in the season. Yeah, we do have a short week where we have what three games in seven days. Yeah, we have Greenville at home, North Texas is Wednesday at four, and then Ford the fourteenth. At home. By the way, the game of the 14th, I have some special news for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was nice to in the podcast. Um, so you're looking at, what, three tough games, and then you play five teams that are arguably in playoff contention between Greenville, um, North Texas, Ford, Tucson, and Chattanooga. Uh, arguably by that time, Toronto might be out of playoff contention. And Orlando's already been eliminated. So we got five games, which if, let's just say, by the grace of God, we win all five, the kickers are in playoff position. If not, the kickers can take points and really control the playoff layout of the rest of the teams in USL League One. Look, we're only seven points off of a playoff spot. Yeah, Uh which is weird. You know, which is really weird. (laughs) Because literally a couple weeks ago, we were saying... There's no way kickers are even hitting a playoff spot. Now we're just seven points off of a playoff spot. Um, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a very big deal. Um, and look, 
the one thing in sports is that you want you want to be able to control your own di- uh, destiny. You know, and Richmond kind of controls it. Yeah. If you come out here the next five, you win. You get your last two games at home. And if there's a chop for a playoffs, man, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like, we're three wins away from hitting a playoff spot at this point right yeah. now. If we can get three wins, three or four wins, I'd say probably four because mm-hmm. those top four are going to drop. They may drop points, but not all of them. Yeah. You know? And that being said, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's one of those situations that it could. I go mean, anything way. can happen. Like this league is is, is playing crazy. with house money. Yeah, ninth through first place has a chance of being in or not being in. So let so, me ask you this. I won't ask you for a score prediction because you know we we ban those on the show. No, no score <laughs> predictions. No score predictions. Um, but how do you see Bulo approaching his game against Greenville? I mean, with Greenville. I, I really don't know how Bulo is going to approach it, but what I would probably do is go back to our back three formation. Get our back three back in, have our wing backs, you know, our three in the middle, and basically have, basically play like a 3 5 2. Yeah. A 3 5 2 with um, Lockerbie on one side and maybe Thompson on the other. Or, or Ivan? No, Ivan would be one of the center backs. Um, I think this is one of those games where it would probably be a good idea to play Troyer and Maxi to control the midfield. To control the midfield, one player to control so, okay, it defensively, so who, the other to control so, okay, it offensively. Who out of our midfield? Do you pull out? Do you take um, Greg out? Do you take Bulldog? I believe you would take Greg out. You would have basically back three, our usual back three of Akwe, Shinovsky, and Ivan. Um, We have our fullbacks in the midfield. I would want, I I would say, have um, Maxi and uh, Maxi and Troyer, and maybe put uh, Bolduc as. More of an attacking midfielder, and then you get your chin and Gallardo up top. I can see that. I think the main thing for this game, I think one, we got to keep an eye on Todd Pollock. Um, exactly. He's like their, even though he plays like left back, he is still one of their best players. Yeah. Um, and then Jake Keegan, who has nine goals already. I think the thing that we're gonna have to do is really. One, control the midfield, mm-hmm. but then also control the overlapping runs that Greenville does with Pollock. And looking for those crosses and those little crosses into Keegan. I think if we can keep an eye on that, I think we'll do well. Um, I think it will be a chippy game. It will. It will be a chippy game. Because, I mean, Greenville is going to want – Greenville's in third now. Yeah. Greenville loses game, and I think if other results they could, They're, the they're at way, risk of, of dropping out yeah. of the playoff spots. Yeah. Like, this is the thing about the playoffs. Like, literally, you have, what, Greenville on 34, Ford on 32, South Georgia on 32, Chattanooga on 32, and Tucson on 31. Yeah. No, basically, you're, we're looking at a situation where it's literally, wow, there are three teams that, the, the, the gap between seventh place and 
third place, three points. So that's two playoff spots that are absolutely a toss-up. Yeah. Absolutely a toss-up. I, I wouldn't even say Lansing is safe. Maybe you can say North Texas is safe. Well, I think, how many games Lansing got left? Lansing has... I think Lansing has four or three games left? They have four games left. How many of those are at home? Four games left with three of them at home. And who they, they play? Tucson, Chattanooga. Tucson away, Chattanooga at home, South Georgia at home, and Madison at home. See, I, okay, I will say this about Lance. I think if Lance, he could get the next two against, on the road against Tucson and then at home against Chattanooga. They're safe. I think, yeah, they're yeah. safe. I think they're fine. Because I think that South Georgia game, you can come out with a draw. You might drop second to third, depending on how the rest of the table looks at that moment. Yeah. But that forward game, I think I think Lansing wants to avoid a situation where playoffs is on the line and four or five spies between forward and Lansing. The league wants it. <laughs> Lansing doesn't. Yeah, Lansing, <laughs> Lansing doesn't want, want that problem. No. Um I, I do think, like you said, if they win their next two games, they are kind of safe. Mathematically, no. Yeah. No one's safe mathematically. I think the only thing they're like safe the is maybe North Texas. I think North Texas. I think we can talk, talk about being mathematically safe on September 14th. Yeah. That's when we can talk about somebody being mathematically Right now, safe. the only team that's eliminated is Orlando. Orlando yeah. can't make it. Orlando have packed it up for the season. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so the last little bit of news, we got a secure TV deal. <laughs> yeah. So we got a secure TV deal. For those who don't know, um, another, again, link in the description down below. USL, the championship league one, has pretty much signed, I believe, a three-year deal to 2022 mm-hmm. with ESPN and ESPN Plus. So now we know where to watch USL. Yeah, any USL game, you can catch it on ESPN. Yeah. We know where to watch it at, man. So now we don't have to... Like Jimmy Rigger cable or like steal someone's account. To watch <laughs> USL League One. Games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a good thing to hear, man. It's good to see that the league is growing in the right direction. Yeah. Um, it's catching a lot of headlines. You know, I think Phoenix has won up in championship has won what eighteen games in a row or yeah. seventeen games in no, a row. Phoenix is on fire. Yeah. Um. By the way, if you have not watched Phoenix. Yeah, you gotta watch them play. Yeah, yeah, they 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 play some like like um some of the coaches I used to coach alongside. They play some pretty soccer. Yeah, they, they play some pretty soccer. They do. Um, and I I can see that. I I don't think USL is gonna keep them for long. Um, they may end up in the MLS. You don't know, man. The I mean, I, the, look, the way how you was talking last week called spicy. You were saying that USL is gonna take over MLS. I mean, that's a long way away, but <laughs> you got to look at MLS right now is the big name yeah. in U.S. soccer. And Rise, Phoenix Rising got a big name, I mean, in their ownership. With DJ that's a Drogba. different discussion we're going to have for a different day. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, with DJ, but with DJ Drogba involved in Phoenix Rising, it's only makes yeah. sense that they're going to end up in MLS. That's too big of a profile with regards to your club, not to end up in MLS. Yeah. So, real quick, um, I mentioned it earlier. <clears throat> I wanted to save it for the end of the show. Please, if you're still listening, please still listen. <laughs> <laughs> September 14th, Ford Madison is coming to town, but the name 
the night of the game is going to be called Heritage Night. Yes. Um, so me and Shanir, we're selling tickets for that night. Pretty much we're raising money for the Black History Museum, um, Beta Gamma Lambda Education Foundation that goes support kids in inner cities, um, helping them get to college and things like that. And El Campo, who early in the year we did an interview with mm-hmm. their owner. Um, so okay, talking about them. So we're just asking people, even if you cannot make it to the game, Please, 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 just donate $12 to support this cause. It's going to a good thing. I promise you it is. Um, this is the first, the first, how can I say this? This is the first time that Richmond has done a Heritage Night. I believe U.S. Soccer has partnered with a Greek letter organization for those that don't know what a Greek learner organization is, those are like Alpha Phi, Alpha Kappa, Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, those fraternities um, and sororities. And it's going to a good cause. That's it. So anyone that is interested, you can hit us up on the socials at River City 93 My personal Twitter and Instagram, Shanir's personal uh, Twitter. You don't have Instagram, do you? No Instagram here yet. Yeah, you're an old man. <laughs> um, you can hit us on there. I don't take enough pictures. Yeah. Um, we'll leave a link in the description down below so you can donate down there. But with that being said, you got anything else, my man? No. So Happy days. Happy days. Four <laughs> scores and seven games to go. <laughs> so with that being said, guys, you can hit us up at RiverCity93. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Shout out to our new sponsor, For the Culture United. You can follow them on Instagram, Twitter. They also have a Facebook group. We'll leave that down in the description down below. Um, shout out to Roughneck Scarves, the Beautiful Game Network, who's been a great sponsor for this podcast. And with that being said, guys, catch us on the flip side.